This recording is from the Department of Education and Outdoor Learning at the Royal Geographical Society with IBG. I'm Laura and in each podcast I'll be meeting a geographical expert to discuss their research and where geography has taken them. In July 2017, it was reported that a giant iceberg had broken off the Larsen Sea ice shelf in the Antarctic Peninsula, becoming adrift in the Wendell Sea. The iceberg, known as A68, is four times the size of London. But what are giant icebergs? We'll find out in this podcast with Professor of Earth System Science Grant Big in the Department of Geography, University of Sheffield. We'll also find out more about the role of the Southern Ocean in the global carbon cycle. As part of your research into the carbon cycle, can you tell me what are carbon sinks and what is their role in the carbon cycle? And I guess more directly, how do oceans feature in these systems? Carbon sinks are part of the carbon cycle. So carbon moves around different components of the Earth's system. So that's the atmosphere, the oceans, the land surface, the... um, the rocks, so carbon appears in all of these different environments and moves between them on different um, timescales. There, in terms of uh, thinking about um, the atmosphere and how carbon goes into the atmosphere and out of the atmosphere, carbon sinks are ways in which you get carbon moving um, from the atmosphere into the terrestrial land surface or into the ocean. So that could be into plants, could be into soils, uh, could be into the ocean through various mechanisms. Particularly th- thinking about the oceans, but the, it's the same idea. Carbon is taken into the ocean um, through both physical and, and um, biological mechanisms. So in the ocean, um, carbon dioxide is, is dissolved within water uh, and the solubility depends on temperature. It's more soluble in um, cold water, so polar water, than um, in the tropics. And that's a main mechanism by which carbon dioxide can come out of the atmosphere. There are ways in which you can go back as well. The ocean can be a carbon source, but uh, on the whole it's a sink. But also the carbon dioxide that gets into the ocean um, is a, a key fuel for photosynthesis in the ocean itself. Um, so phytoplankton in the ocean, very much like plants um, on land, um, need carbon dioxide to photosynthesis to photosynthesize and therefore grow. And um, that carbon dioxide, which is being dissolved, um, is used in that process in the ocean. And so that uh, decreases the amount of carbon dioxide actually dissolved in the ocean, which means more of it can get dissolved um, from the atmosphere. So there's these two mechanisms by which carbon can be pumped into the the ocean. As part of your research, you've focused on the Southern Ocean more particularly. Can you tell me why this region became of interest to you? The Southern Ocean's of major interest in the carbon cycle um, for a couple of uh, reasons. One is it's uh, um, the largest, or one of the largest oceans uh, in the globe. It connects... The whole globe you can go round is about 55 degrees south um, without touching land anywhere, so it's an enormous expanse of, of ocean. Um, it's a very stormy ocean, so there's 
storms continually passing through that region. It's in the, the roaring 40s and howling 50s. So um, the storms stir up the ocean and so they mean there's a lot more mixing of the water going on. So therefore more water is exposed to the atmosphere. So you could dissolve, physically just dissolve more carbon dioxide into the, the water. But also the Southern Ocean is rather unusual in that while it's very um, large, it actually in many places plays less of a role in the part of the carbon cycle which depends upon the phytoplankton than you would expect because there's a lot less uh, phytoplankton activity in general in the Southern Ocean. Um, and the reason for that is down to the uh, chemical makeup of the waters. So in much of the global ocean you have um, a lot of nutrients like nitrates and phosphates and so on which help fuel the phytoplankton's growth as well as the carbon dioxide with the photosynthesis. Uh, in the Southern Ocean, um, while there's also quite a lot of that, there's not very much uh, iron which is a key uh, trace element which is used to activate the nutrients in, to help with the growth. So in the Southern Ocean what we're interested in is why there is so little iron and therefore not as much um, drawdown as carbon dioxide through the phytoplankton mechanism as you would expect but, but also thinking about how that might um, be modified in, in different situations and so that's where my work on, on thinking about icebergs has come in because icebergs are a means by which you can get iron into the ocean uh, in the middle of the ocean as the an iceberg melts. Can you tell me what is meant by a giant iceberg? Yes. How is that different from a, a regular iceberg? If you will? There are a whole range of icebergs that you'll see in the ocean and in the Antarctic uh, it, there's a particularly wide range so you can get the ordinary icebergs you see on television from Greenland which are kind of um, perhaps a few hundred metres in size um, up to a kilometre maximum but in the Southern Ocean, because you have enormous uh, ice shelves around Antarctica, you can get much bigger icebergs breaking off. So a great example at the moment is the uh, iceberg breaking off from the Larsen Ice Shelf, which is given the label A68, um, which is 150 kilometres or so long. And while that's a, a very large ice, very large giant iceberg, um, there are... Uh, always um, two or three dozen icebergs that are of the size of 20, 30 or more kilometres in, in size in the Southern Ocean, um, which have broken off in the past from these ice shelves. So they're particularly large, they're going to provide a lot of meltwater and they can go a long way into the ocean before they melt fully. So they're of distinct interest because of those, that longevity um, of the icebergs in the ocean. The behaviour of these icebergs, in what way is it symptomatic of climate change and also how will these affect climatic changes going forward? There have always been giant icebergs carving off. What goes on now um, is, is not necessarily an unusual situation. Um, every few decades you get very large icebergs um, breaking off from all the major ice sheets. The uh, largest iceberg that's been measured in the satellite period broke off from the Ross ice shelf in the Pacific um, around 2000 and that was probably twice as large as the one that's just broken off the Larsen ice shelf. So large icebergs do occasionally break off. We do know though that um, the flux of ice to the coast has increased over the last two or three decades 
as um, the global climate has begun to warm. And so there is more melting of the ice at the periphery of Antarctica, and it's um, thought that there will be more icebergs uh, overall in the future. It's hard to tell now because we don't have a long enough period to look at long-term averages, and there is almost no data from before satellites uh, started orbiting in 1979. Um, so we don't have a long time series to look at this process, but it's likely given what we're observing on Antarctica itself, that the flux of icebergs will increase. That will add fresh water to the Southern Ocean um, and also more nutrients, um, particularly more iron, which has been collected by the ice as it moves over the, um, the mountains um, surfaces over the, the base of Antarctica to get to the, the, the coast. So what were kind of the broader impacts of of this be on, on the atmosphere and the climate? What, what are geographers seeing or forecasting? Giant icebergs have a, a locally really dramatic impact on the phytoplankton. So um, you can see plumes of um, much enhanced phytoplankton growth, perhaps um, by a factor of 10 compared to, to normal growth rates, um, uh, up to many hundreds of kilometres away from a typical giant iceberg. So perhaps uh, ten times the length of the iceberg um, it, it tells you the size of the area that you'll see for the, the plume of, of uh, production that's coming off. So um, locally a giant iceberg, or more than locally, over hundreds of kilometres, you'll see a significant increase in the amount of carbon dioxide being drawn out down into the ocean. Uh, locally, giant icebergs uh, have quite a significant impact in taking carbon out of the atmosphere. Um, we think that in terms of the averages that we've seen over the last few decades, that um, perhaps 10 to 20% of the total um, drawdown of carbon dioxide over the whole of the Southern Ocean um, could be due to the relatively small number of giant icebergs that you see at any one time. So they could play um, quite a significant uh, role in the whole carbon budget in the Southern Ocean. Um, going into the future, if the iceberg flux does increase, then that impact is, is likely to accentuate. It's, it, it's probably worth saying that this wallet uh, has a significant impact and we've only recently realised um, the magnitude of this. Um, previously we thought icebergs had an effect that was um, much, much smaller, perhaps only a few percent rather than 10 or 20 percent of the and the carbon, 10 or 20% of the carbon drawdown. So it might have a bigger impact. But in terms of how the total rise of carbon dioxide is being affected by that, what it has probably done is slow down the rate of increase by a few percent. So it's having an effect, but it's not a solution to the, um, the, the global uh, climate problem. As a geographer, do you have any recommendations to how kind of these impacts can be negated then or going forward, what further research can be done? Certainly in terms of the icebergs, it's very early days yet. We've only just realised the impact of the giant icebergs. Um, the flux of icebergs going into the ocean is very poorly known. Measurements have not been going very long and we certainly don't 
look at the number of icebergs uh, over the whole range of scales and, and record the numbers, uh, in fact, in either hemisphere particularly well. So getting an idea of, of the flux of icebergs and therefore the potential contribution they have um, is important and how that might change into the future. We know, for instance, in the northern hemisphere that there um, can be, has recently been dramatic increases in the flux of icebergs um, coming out of Greenland and which end up going past Newfoundland. So we know that there, um, where we have good observations, that there have been significant changes recently. And it would be nice to get an idea of um, how change is happening um, globally in terms of the iceberg impact. It is having a role in, in carbon dioxide. Um, I don't think, it's, as I said, it's not the, the panacea for global climate change. And really we have to think about how do you um, reduce carbon inputs uh, more generally to slow down the, the rate of carbon uh, increase in the atmos atmosphere by other mechanisms. The ocean will not do the, the whole... Uh, it will help, but it won't be the whole solution. I think we have to cut down our own fluxes going into the atmosphere to, to solve the problem. For more information on resources and CPD events to support geographical learning, visit www.rgs.org forward slash schools or follow us on Twitter at rgs underscore IBG schools for the latest updates. This recording was supported by the Global Learning Programme. For more resources to encourage pupils' understanding of global issues and development, visit www.glp.globaldimension.org.uk. Thanks for listening.